Let's check in now with the Vancouver Suns' Vaughn Palmer. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. We didn't think there was going to be a lot of news out of those two by-elections on the weekend. It turns out there is. A lot of news, a couple of awkward moments, lots to talk about. Yeah, so the Premier did his little victory lap yesterday in the middle of an otherwise uh, press conference actually to announce... God, the things politicians will do, he shares the platform with a dog, for God's sake. You know, I mean, they'll do anything, right? But anyway, SPCA announcement, a lot of money for the SPCA, well-deserved. And pet lovers like me are going, oh, yeah, I'm not going to complain about that. But, of course, he gets questions on the by-election. So it's an awkward moment, and it's because of another news story. Um, You've got indigenous leaders in the province calling for the resignation of the Minister of Children and Family Development, Mitzi Dean, over that horrific case of abuse of two Indigenous children in foster care. One died, the other was tortured in Chilliwack. So that's the news, and you've got a press release, uh, which we all have, a news release uh, yesterday, as he was talking to reporters, where the uh, Indigenous leaders in the province are saying, enough is enough. The ministry's been promising to deal with this for decades. They still haven't, and calling for the minister to resign. Leading the call is Grand Chief Stuart Phillip of the Union of B.C. Indian Chiefs. In the audience, as the premier fields the question, Jill, (laughs) is Joan Phillip, the new NDP MLA for Vancouver Mount Pleasant. And she is Grand Chief Stuart Phillip's wife. So the Premier gets the question. He avoids the embarrassment. I can't think of this has ever happened before, that you've got the husband of an MLA calling for the resignation of a cabinet minister, but in this case, you do. Eby just ducks that sidesteps. But his answer on Mitzi Dean is he has every confidence in the minister. And, you know, uh, Sammy, I went, or uh, Jill, I went through and read the that release from Indigenous leaders yesterday, and I went, it's pretty hard to have confidence in that ministry because of the clear evidence in this case of neglect and turning a blind eye and failure. And the Indigenous leaders are right, Jill. In fact, they refer to the case of Savannah Hall, which was 20 years ago, this little three-year-old taken to Children's Hospital, dies. She was in foster care. In the wake of that, there were plenty of calls and plenty of promises to deal with this. And you look at what happened in Chilliwack and you go, how much has the ministry mended its ways? And do you think then, so, so what happens at this point? And I'm sure the no. Premier would like it to just go away when he says, I still have confidence in the minister. But yeah. but you're right. When you look at the details of this case, it is horrifying what happened here. Yeah, and I think the Indigenous re- leaders have a point when they say, you know, Somebody needs to take frontline responsibility for this. It's not enough to say there's a process in place. There is a process in place. There's a child and youth representative. There'll be a report. But that's what we've been having all along. And, you know, you can understand their anger and frustration, particularly because this case is so awful. I mean, Grand Chief Stuart Phillips says 
When he read the details, he almost threw up. He said he was nauseous, right? I mean, that is actually one of the reactions. And so it's an awkward moment for the premier because, you know, his his Grand Chief Stuart Phillips' wife, she's a a strong-minded person in her own right. It's uh, She can speak for herself uh, on this one, though. I think, Jill, uh, the government has to hope that if, Joan Phillip has strong opinions on this case or anything else where the government screwed up. She shares her opinions in confidence in the caucus room. She doesn't put out press releases like her husband just did. Right. And and which seems to have been the case so far in that it wasn't Joan Phillip calling for the resignation yesterday. In fact, I think she even said she looked forward in her new role as MLA. She looked forward to working with others in in government. Yeah, a brand new MLA, and again, you know, I, I go over the record, Joan Phillip. I mean, she, as I say, is a, a person of strong opinions in her own right. She has in the past been critical of the NDP government on environmental issues. She ran for the federal NDP, so, you know, she's qualified to be the party's candidate there, and she's not uh, simply a mouthpiece for her husband. Nobody thinks that. But it's still embarrassing in the sense that, as I say, Joe, I can't, Think of a case like this in the past where the premier is standing and taking questions about a call for the resignation of a minister, and the call, one of the calls, is coming from the husband of one of his MLAs. Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting dynamic. And uh, and again, it was, uh, I mean, again, this is such a serious case. Yeah. And, and the fact that he was standing on the stage, like you said, sharing the stage with Honey, one of the dogs, and, and trying to make what was supposed to be a very good yeah. news uh, yeah. announcement. Yeah, and uh, politicians, uh, again, you know, they have to deal with this kind of stuff all the time. You can... Uh, craft a good news announcement, uh, but you also walk in and you have to take questions on everything else. And uh, Joe, as you know, the there were questions all over the map. I mean, uh, you covered this thing in your show yesterday. Uh, there are all kinds of other issues. There always are, and and maybe to segue into the other issue that EB dealt with yesterday, which is the fallout from the by elections, the premier chose not to kick BC United when it was down, and he quickly disposed of the speculation that uh, he'll call an early election. And there's an opportunity here. Uh, The opposition is in disarray. The NDP did very well in those two by-elections. Its polling numbers are still good. Uh, You think back to John Horgan in 2020, Horgan called an early election in those circumstances. So, would David Eby do the same thing? Uh, he said no. Right away, dismissed the idea right away. He said that he thinks that the government has to show results on its big four promises, public safety, housing availability, uh, health care waiting lists, and cost of living. And he thinks if he gets into partisan scrapping right now with the opposition, the public is going to have doubts about his determination to fix those problems. So that's his position. He's sticking to the idea that there's going to be an election as scheduled, October the 19th, 2024. And hearing EB yesterday, I went, this guy is serious. (laughs) If he decides at some point to have a snap election, he's going to spend a lot of time explaining why he changed his mind, because we've all got... All of the voice clips where David Eby has said again and again, no new election. (laughs) 
Yeah, that would be uh, that would be something uh, for sure. Uh, what are your thoughts then? You mentioned he didn't kick BC United when it was down. Didn't do a, a great showing at the the by elections. Was it simply people still don't know what BC United is? Yeah, I mean the 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 candidate for the party formerly known as the BC Liberals out there. Uh, said, you know, the biggest response she got on the doorstep was, um, what's that? BC United? What's that? And Kevin Falcon kind of admitted it in the clip you're using on uh, NW this morning, that uh, he says now that they expected the problem, and he said clearly there's a lot of confusion out there about the party name, and BC United is going to have to deal with that and a rebranding exercise. I will comment here that when Kevin Falcon explained the reason for the name change, when he was promoting it, he said the goal was to end confusion uh, among the electorate. Well, he's now saying, hey, there's a lot of confusion out there. Well, the name change so far, Jill, made it worse. <laughs> Everybody, you know, the interesting thing is you go in to vote, right, and you go, BC United, what's that? Uh, And then you go, well, I don't want to vote for the NDP. What else is there on the ballot? And you go, hey, BC Conservatives. Well, I know what that is. You know, BC Conservatives haven't been decisive in many seats in British Columbia for many years, but they have been on the ballot for more than 100 years, and Pierre Polyev has made them a known quantity in BC because of the crowds he's drawing. So you can see why, you know, the the Conservatives had a good candidate in Langford, and they also had name recognition. So Falcon now has a double problem. His own party name, promoted by him, people go, what's that? And at the same time, they go in to vote and they go, well, I know what the Conservatives are. There's a known quantity. So if I don't want the NDP, uh, maybe I'll vote for them. Yes, uh, still a lot of confusion. It's just shifted over to something else completely. Uh, Vaughn, thanks so much. Thanks, Jill. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, bye-bye.